Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this 19th of December, 2022. Uh, Hanukkah began yesterday. Hanukkah um, ends on December the 26th this year. So this is the week of Hanukkah. Hanukkah commemorates the Maccabees victory over the Greeks and the uh, rededication of the second temple. It's marked by the lighting of the menorah, which is a nine point candelabra, new flame ignited each night. Um, And the holiday is um, it's pretty unique in terms of its prayers and traditions. Do you know someone who is lighting the Hanukkah menorah this week? If so, maybe just uh, reach out today and say, hey, just acknowledging that it's Hanukkah. Um, the, uh, the menorah serves as a symbol of light and peace for Jews during Hanukkah. It's a reminder of Jewish survival against incredible odds over, over time. And lighting a menorah and displaying it in your window Um, takes on a particular significance in a day and time in America when anti-Semitism is on the rise again. There were more than 2,717 anti-Semitic incidents in the United States last year alone. Um, That's an all-time high. It's a 34% increase from the previous year. And we have talked about some very high-profile anti-Semitic rhetoric and people um, behaving in ways that are clearly... um, hateful towards Jews, even if they don't recognize it themselves as hateful. And so we have talked, I mean, we'll talk, I'm sure, tomorrow with Luke Moon about this again. Um, But um, like you and I as Christians, you have to stand up and you have to say, hey, um, these are God's people. These these are God's chosen people. And um, I recognize that Jesus was a Jew. Like, right? He's the Jewish Messiah. Um, and so if you love Jesus, you love Jews. Like this is a part of the conversation that we as Christians have to be having today. So um, do you know someone who's lighting the menorah? Are you acknowledging a happy Hanukkah with them? Hanukkah is Hebrew for dedication. Um, and if you are um, interested in ways as Christians to acknowledge and support um people who are Jewish in a very hate-filled climate today, um, you know, let me just encourage you to find out more. Like, reach out to the Jewish community where you live and find out more. Um, Find out how they're celebrating Hanukkah. Find out how you can participate. Um, And you're saying to yourself, well, but I'm a Christian. I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I understand that. Um, And I also understand that you and I have an opportunity in the culture today to stand up and stand alongside people who are experiencing tremendous hate because of their faith. People in our communities who are experiencing tremendous hate because of their faith. 
And so back to the conversation that we just had with Daniel Bennett, if you actually are concerned about the religious liberty of your neighbors right next door, not only those around the world, but right next door, then Hanukkah gives you an opportunity to stand up for your Jewish neighbors um, and wish them a happy Hanukkah and stand with a lit candle um, alongside them. Let your little light, let your little light so shine before others that they might see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. The rise of anti-Semitism would certainly make my list of some of the top religion stories of 2022. What about you? What makes your list? Kelsey Dallas is going to join us next. She's a religion reporter for Deseret News, and she's going to share her list of the top religion stories from 2022. I'm betting the rise of anti-Semitism makes her list as well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Silent night, holy night. Kelsey Dallas is joining us now. You can find her at uh, at, at Deseret News. Um, Kelsey, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for having me, Carmen. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, I ask you to consider your list of top religion stories for 2022. Where do you want to start? Let's start with rising anti-Semitism, which you just referenced before the break. I think that's been something that came up, especially towards the end of the year, but it's weighing heavily on my heart during Hanukkah week. And sort of a lot of people are debating solutions right now. How do we help the Jewish community? And and what are you, um, I mean, in terms of the rise, um, what observations might you make? And then in terms of how people are coming alongside to help, do you have other observations to make there? Really what um, started a conversation about how prevalent anti-Semitism still is, is the uh, stories involving celebrities like the rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, or NBA star Kyrie Irving, um, either making reference to common anti-Semitic beliefs, tweeting them out, or in Irving's case, he tweeted a link to a movie that was anti-Semitic and then really didn't back down at first when challenged for sharing that video. And it just sparked this um, dialogue online about why some people feel it's okay to share these hateful comments or beliefs, how to better educate people about the experiences of the Jewish community. And I was really struck by an Associated Press article about how Jews are grappling with this and how for many of them, they wanted to believe that this kind of ignorance about their community hate toward their community was a thing of the past. And now here it is in 2022, just as strong as it might have been in years past. And they're really just feeling um, regretful that they didn't really stay alert to how this might still be present in our community. So I think that number one was just a solution is raising awareness, is making sure you're checking in with your Jewish neighbors, and also what you were talking about for Hanukkah week, which is being there, showing support, asking about their traditions, telling um, Jews in your life that you're thinking of them, and just being aware as a Christian or other person of faith um, of what's going on to other religious communities and trying to be a positive light in their life. 
Yeah, I mean, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, Jesus, these guys grew up in like genuinely Jewish households. Um, they would have almost certainly um, lit the candle every night. Uh, this would have been a practice of theirs. And so when we talk, um, when I talk with my grandgirls in particular, um, they're, they're lighting Hanukkah candles. They're Christians, um, but they want to they want to have an experience like Jesus would have had when he was a child of their age. And so I like that. I like the um, the bringing forward the experiences of the Jewish community that we inherit because we are um, we are Christians. Uh, and we talk a lot about the Old Testament, and this is the book that belongs to the Jews first. And uh, and so I just think that there are ways for us as Christians to celebrate our Jewish heritage and celebrate our Jewish neighbors and celebrate with our Jewish neighbors in these days. And so thank you for bringing that forward as an important story from this past year. Um, uh, the the Supreme Court had uh, you covered a lot. You cover you personally covered a lot of Supreme Court decisions this year. So I'm betting that makes your list some some way somehow. Oh, that was definitely number one. That was um, how the Supreme Court ruled on religion in 2022 and how those rulings sparked a debate about the future of the Supreme Court. So, of course, the the top one that pops into mind is overturning Roe v. Wade, um, the previous ruling on abortion access. And then there's other also significant ones about a football coach who wanted to be able to pray at the end of games, about school funding for religious schools. And in many of the high profile controversial cases, um, the justices were siding with the more conservative religious voices. And so there's been this almost crisis of public trust where um, more liberal Americans are questioning whether the Supreme Court still has their interests in mind, um, nervous about what the future will hold with other rulings, and a lot of anger. And so anytime that there's a, even just a hearing now, I think there's a lot of bitterness and cynicism. Instead of feeling like it's coming to the court with a totally clean state, there's all these assumptions about how many of the justices um, are already feeling. We're talking with Kelsey Dallas. She is a religion reporter for Deseret News. You can find um, what Kelsey's writing and so much more at Deseret.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. More from Kelsey's list of the uh, top news stories, religion news stories of 2022. Thousands of churches closed this past year. I'm wondering if that's a headline that makes your personal list. I'm wondering if um, you became a Christian this year. If so, that's the top religion news headline in your um, in your life. Maybe someone you know became a Christian this year. That's certainly the top religion story for them. We're going to continue our conversation with Kelsey about what makes her list up next on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Oh, come all ye faithful. 
joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. We're talking with Kelsey Dallas. She's a religion reporter for Deseret News. Um, when we ask each other to think about the top religious headlines for a year that is now past, for you personally, it might be, you know what? I finally read through the Bible. Um, it might be I um, I read a particular book of the Bible this year, and God awakened me to an awareness of His presence and His power, His goodness and His grace in fresh and new ways. Maybe the top religion headline um, for you this year is is a conversation about salvation, yours or someone else. Um, your church planted another church, or your church closed and you had to find another church. Like, the top religion headline for you is probably intensely personal. Kelsey's helping us remember that there are big religious headlines um, among us as a people as well. So, Kelsey, what um, what's next on your list of some of the top religion headlines from 2022? Well, let's talk about a, a more personal one for the people who lived through it, and that is the fact that many churches across the country continue to struggle after the COVID-19 pandemic or the heaviest mm. days of the COVID-19 pandemic that we saw membership um, and attendance plateau after an initial surge once it felt safe to go back to in-person worship services. And I think that there's just um, some anxiety, some confusion, some frustration about um, what churches did and didn't learn from the the pandemic-related shutdowns and how they continue to grapple with the same problems that were there before the pandemic struck, which is uh, lower youth engagement with churches, dropping attendance, and sort of fear of what uh, the future will hold for religion in America. Yeah, I think that one is big. And I think that one, um, you know, for those of us who are part of a local congregation, right, that's the one that um, maybe we experience personally week in and week out. And so it it tends to um, be like an itchy reminder. Um, but there are some other things going on um, in in our common life. The release of the report of sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention, like is the um, we seem to have ongoing conversations related to this, the uh, the the kind or variety of church um, may be different, like sometimes it's the Roman Catholics or sometimes it's a mainline Protestant denomination. In this case, the Southern Baptist Convention highlighted in this particular year. Yes, in May, there was the release of a report uh, from a third party that had looked into the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, it had a pretty harsh assessment of how that a group had handled accusations of sexual abuse, that they were protecting the institution rather than the victims who came forward. That release of the report was followed uh, about three weeks later by an annual meeting, and there were votes there to work on some meaningful solutions, uh, like having more transparency with information about accused abusers, more resources for victims, for churches to keep people safe. And of course, that's a story that's still unfolding folding. Yeah. And that's a story that, I mean, even in our mentioning it, um, I recognize if you're listening and that serves as a trigger for you, um, that's an intensely painful reality. And so Kelsey and I are aware of that and want to encourage you, want to encourage you of God's love and that that is um, 
That is not what the church is supposed to be, and that is not an experience you should have ever had. And so we want to acknowledge that as we um, as we talk about that. Um, talk with us, uh, Kelsey, uh, about this this most recent thing that just happened in Congress and signed into law by the president, the so-called, and I can't help but use that language because I do not regard it as a Respect for Marriage Act. But talk with us about the passage of the so-called Respect for Marriage Act and how religious freedom and concerns um, or or people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer, um, how this how this rights contest continues in our culture today. Mm-hmm. So that piece of legislation provides uh, federal legal protections for same-sex and interracial marriages. It passed Congress and the Senate with bipartisan support after a deal was reached about some religious freedom related concerns. It had some language in there about um, keeping existing religious freedom protections and the concerns that I believe you referenced are that maybe even more needed to be done to ensure that business owners or nonprofits that profess that marriage is only between one man and one woman are protected in the future from claims about not accepting the LGBTQ community. And so there, uh, this bill and its passage, and now President Joe Biden has signed it, really um, is part of a much broader debate about what the future will hold in terms of the balance between religious freedom protections and LGBTQ rights. That's something that I've been covering quite a bit. And what I was struck by is that although we had some significant developments in 2022, including that legislation passing, we're really at the same standstill in terms of not being able to find a path forward where everyone feels safe and feels like their voices are heard. And so it's still a very tense time. Any forecasting um, that you would like to make for 2023? Stories that you anticipate unpacking? Well, I I am most notable... um, to me is the ongoing tension around the Supreme Court, which we discussed earlier. Uh, There's another major case on the Supreme Court's plate right now, which has to do with business owners who believe that marriage is only between one man and one woman and what they owe to LGBTQ customers. And so that plays into both these Supreme Court trends and the debate about religious freedom protections. So that's notable. And then, of course, just what is the future of faith in America? Can churches draw in new members? Can they build up public support? Um, There needs to be some uh, changes made in order to attract new participation. And so is that possible in 2023? So um, now here, this is just a curiosity of mine, um, because for, according to Pew Research, four in 10 Americans think we're living in the end times. And so if 40% of the American population, not all of whom, are, you know, are people of faith, like, so the, the 40% of Americans who answer this question in the affirmative, are we living in the end times? Do you think the end of times is near? Um, that that feels to me like a religious headline. <laughs> like, that feels to me like a cultural, tr- is it a trend? I don't even know the language. I don't know what language I'm looking for. I'm putting that on your radar, though, for 2023. Not, 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 I'm not putting the end times on your radar. I'm sure the end times is already on your radar and you have your own personal opinions about this. But I'm putting on your radar that, of Americans, religious and non-religious, 
strange mix of the two, in fact, think we're living in the end times. So there's this like apocalyptic sense. Part of it is probably pandemic driven, but it's it's got to also be driven by other drivers in the culture. And then the other thing I want to put on your radar as a potentially religious headline um, is the extraordinary percentage of older white women in the American culture, which, you know, that used to sort of be the backbone of of, of the church um, in terms of people who viewed themselves as an integral part of a of an active living congregation. That is the most highly medicated um, cohort in the country in terms of antidepressants. So I just want to lift up those two things. I, they're not necessarily related, but they're interesting to me. And I would like to see someone like you, you know, dig around in those in those stats. Thanks so much, Carmen. Um, yes, that's really important to keep in mind. I saw those Pew stats the other day, and really my mind was spinning. What does that mean for our future? Where are those beliefs coming from? And so that's something I definitely need to do more reporting on. Well, and and because I am, you know, a, a curious, fascinated person, and I like talking with you. And so I look forward to your ongoing coverage. Um, we look forward to reconnecting with you in the new year. And thank you so much um, for all that you do every day. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Kelsey. That's Kelsey Dallas. You can find her at Deseret News. That is Deseret.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Sometimes when you're uh, scrolling your social media feed, you are brought up short by, um, wow, a picture and a note that um, acknowledges that someone who yesterday was alive today is no longer with us in terms of our lived human experience. Like, I'm not going to say their second death dead because I don't know. I can't judge that. But I can um, acknowledge that their life here has come to an end. And sometimes at a very young age or an age that, you know, seems younger and younger and younger all the time as I get older and older and older. Right. So 60 might not have seemed seemed young 10 years ago, but today 60 seems, uh, yeah, breathlessly close. Um, Just be mindful of that today. Be mindful that today is going to be the day of salvation for some. It's going to be a day of birth for some. It's going to be a day of rebirth for some. And for some, it's going to be the day they take their last breath. Um, And I'm mindful of that simply because of a social media post of a friend that I saw in the last five minutes. And today might be like that. And so reach out to those who are grieving and grieve with them, regardless of where they are in their walk of faith. Like that's not the point in the moment. The point is to show up and be present and love them in the midst of their pain and offer to walk with them through the valley of the shadow of death because this might be the day, the opportunity, the moment that God uses in their life to say, hey, I'm here and you and I have some business to do. Um, but I was going to say, 
in the lead up to our conversation with Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum, which is happening next, um, is that there are times and opportunities where you and I have a platform and a, a position to shine really brightly for Jesus. And in these days leading up to Christmas where, you know, we recognize how brightly Mary shined and how brightly Joseph shined and how brightly the star shined and how that led others who were bright and shiny to come and worship him. And it also exposed the darkness in the hearts of others. Um, And we talk about letting our light so shine before others that they would see our good works and glorify God who is in heaven. There are a lot of very high profile people in sports. Um, Some of them have a regular opportunity to shine uh, the light of the gospel in this generation, and others are sidelined for various reasons, and then have opportunity to glorify God in the midst of their travail. So we're going to talk about all those kinds of witnesses in the sports world next with Jason Romano. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. A mysterious star in the sky. It's bright like one and shines like one. A baby lying in a manger. There he is. After all this time. And a fulfilled promise. You will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. In Fulfillment is a biblical audio drama. Over 40 voice actors and the fulfilled moments of Jesus' life. Search In Fulfillment wherever you listen to podcasts or just go to myfaithradio.com. All right, sometimes you uh, you reach the end of the year and you think to yourself, how come we didn't talk to Jason Romano more times over the course of the year? Well, we have to at least rectify that before year's end. You're going to be able to find um, Jason at his website, jasonromano.com or at sportsspectrum.com. Jason, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. It's good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what's wrong with us that we don't get to talk to you more often? <laughs> Like this is maybe one of my questions. I don't know. I'm in. here. Whatever yeah, you want I me. No, I know. I know. We want you, and so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do better to send more frequent invitations. Um, I have been um, intrigued by several stories that are posted at SportsSpectrum.com, and I you bring yeah. us such good noise, such good news um, from people across the sports world. So you want to highlight a few that you have top of mind right now. Yeah, there was one recently that we posted, um, and I don't even know if we wrote about it on our website. I think it's actually on just our social media pages, but there was this moment a couple of weeks, about a week ago or so, when Steven Silas, who is the head coach um, of the Houston Rockets, his father, Paul Silas, was a legendary basketball player in the NBA, uh, won championships. He was also a coach in the NBA, and he had passed away. I think he was in his early 80s. And so Steven Silas, his son, was coaching against Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns uh, about a week ago. Maybe it was a little less, but in the last week. And, you know, Houston won the game, and they're not a great team. But it wasn't about the game. It was after the game, and there was this embrace that was caught on camera. And Monty Williams, if you know him at all from the Phoenix Suns, is a, is a follower of Christ, loves the Lord, but he's been through his own tragedy. He lost his wife about six years ago in a tragic automobile accident and just was so 
strong in the way that he continued to trust God, who was faithful in the midst of just terrible circumstances. And at the end of the game, those two coaches embrace and Monty comes over to Steven Silas and you could just sense that he was having this moment of empathy and, and um, prayer for his his fellow coach who had just lost his dad. And he just hugs him and embraces him for maybe 30 to 45 seconds. It looked like he was praying as well for him. There's no audio, so it was hard to tell exactly what he was saying. But to me, that was just a beautiful display of empathy in the midst of a basketball game. And his team just lost, Monty Williams' team, the Suns. And yet Monty just kind of put all the sports stuff aside and understood that he was giving this guy who had just lost his dad a big hug, a big embrace, and a big show of empathy and, and uh, you know, grace, I think, in the midst of what he was going through. It doesn't get any better than that, Carmen. It really doesn't. No, and I think that it it's one of those moments where you – it doesn't even matter. Like, what? Who coaches which team and who won the game? Like, all of that is yes. literally sidelined um, when you just watch for, as you say, thirty or forty seconds as these two men embrace one another very publicly. Like, part of this that I love, yes. Jason, is how um, how unconscious they are of everyone standing around them. Because there's all kinds of people wanting to press in upon both of them. That's and right. there is this holy moment um, that it's, it is caught on camera. Um, and I'm kind of thankful that there's no audio because that sort of retains the privacy of the whole thing. Um, and we should we should do that. Like we should seek out hurting <laughs> yes. people in our environments and we shouldn't care who else is watching and we should just embrace them and say what we know needs to be said or say nothing if that's what yeah. needs to be said. And so I yeah, just um, so I saw it on your social media and and um, and just absolutely wanted to highlight it. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, you have uh, a ton of great stuff posted right now at Sports Spectrum. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we could talk about Brock Purdy. I'll yes. confess to you. I don't know who Brock Purdy is. <laughs> Brock Purdy is a quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Brock Purdy, it's funny. The story with Brock for me and for Sports Spectrum goes back to 2019 when we had his dad on our Sports Spectrum podcast, Sean Purdy. And Sean is a former professional baseball player who happens to also be a dad and a, a faithful husband and a faithful follower of Christ. And when I had Sean on, I just thought that'd be an interesting story to talk to a dad who has kids who are playing collegiately, who's also a dad who played professionally, and he has a great story. His dad introduced me to his son, Brock, Brock Purdy, who we had on Sports Spectrum in 2021, last year, when he was a senior at quarterback with Iowa State. And mm -hmm. he was a pretty touted prospect, but not somebody who you thought was going to be one of the top quarterbacks in college, much less top quarterbacks in the NFL. But isn't it funny how God works, right? So Brock Purdy was the last player drafted this past April in the NFL draft, the very last player. And that player, when they're drafted, they're called Mr. Irrelevant. It's a terrible term because <laughs> it's the last player drafted each year. And they call that person Mr. Irrelevant, but they're anything but irrelevant when they actually make the team 
and start contributing to the team. And Brock started out this year as a third string rookie quarterback, just trying to learn, you know, the system, learn how to be a professional, all of that. And then don't you have it? Injuries happen. And the San Francisco 49ers lost both starting quarterbacks over the first 10 weeks of the season and enter this third string rookie, Mr. Irrelevant named Brock Purdy, who gets the chance to play for the first time in the NFL. Carmen, not only does he play, he uh, he excels, we'll just say. His team is 3-0 since he entered into the picture as the quarterback. He's 2-0 as a starter. And not only is he 2-0, but he's performed amazingly well. Like he beat Tom Brady in his first ever NFL start as a quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant again, last pick in the NFL draft, beat Tom Brady, the legend, the GOAT, as they call him in the NFL. And he not just beat him, they beat him badly last week. And then he turned around and played on Thursday night and they won again against the Seahawks. And Brock Purdy is a guy who loves Jesus, is a guy who told me on our show a year ago that his goal is to continue playing as long as possible so that he can continue to point people to Christ. And now this platform has elevated to a level that it's not unheard of to say this, Carmen, that Brock Purdy could be, could be starting in the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers in about a month and a half. That's how good the Niners are, and that's how good Brock Purdy has played. So it's a it's a it's an amazing story, especially at the end of the year when nobody saw this coming. And he is now the talk of the NFL uh, among the circles of all the media. It's really awesome to watch. It's so it's so great. I would like to offer up the headline, the day an irrelevant sheep beat the goat. <laughs> there you go. Because I think yes, the sheep I'm and goats. That. I love yeah, that. There you go. The day the sheep beat the goat. Yeah, there you go. All right. We're going to continue <laughs> our conversation with Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Jason Romano is with us this morning. You can uh, find what he's working on at SportsSpectrum.com. All right, Jason, let's maybe look back uh, over the course of 2022. It's a good time of year to do a little bit of a roundup. What, you know, what sort of tops your list in terms of people or storylines or, um, you know, just highlights from the year at the intersection of sports and faith? Yeah, Carmen, it's been fun to kind of do this for sports spectrum too. Next week on our podcast, we're going to have a best of, you know, we always kind of look back and see what were the top stories, what were the big moments to kind of reflect on. And I think there's three for me that really stand out. The first goes all the way back to last year's Super Bowl. And I think I was on with you guys when I was out in Los Angeles, when we were covering last year's Super Bowl, when the Rams and the Bengals were facing off. And we talked about a guy named Cooper Cup, who's the wide receiver for the Rams and had one of the great seasons you'll ever see 
a player have in the NFL in 2021. Well, he culminated that with winning the Super Bowl MVP and catching the game-winning touchdown to lead the Rams to a Super Bowl championship. And Cooper Cup is a man who I asked a question to that week at the Super Bowl about what God was teaching him. And he talked about just being faithful to all that God had given him. Being faithful, which I thought was a wonderful reminder for all of us when we think about this past year. And listen, Cooper Cup didn't culminate that with another Super Bowl this year because the Rams are not very good and Cooper Cup got injured. So it shows you sometimes, you know, you you hit the hills and the valleys as the song goes. And Cooper Cup had the hill of winning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and now the valley a little bit as he recuperates from an injury to come back. So Cooper Cup for sure was a, a top story early in the year. And then you go to April and we go to the Masters and the top golf tournament in the country, in the world, and Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. And there was this moment when Scotty won after the Masters when he was sitting there in a, in a chance to do a press conference and answer questions from the media. And they asked him about how he was so calm, you know, where this peace came from, that he didn't seem phased. And what a great opportunity. And he was ready for it to point to Christ and say, listen, my foundation my identity is found in Jesus. It's not found in golf. And I'm glad that I won the Masters, but this does not define who I am. So you think about Scotty Scheffler and what a great story there. The third story that really stands out, and we're going to be featuring these people in our March edition of Sports Spectrum's magazine in 2023. But I think about Oklahoma University and their women's softball program. They had yeah. the most dominant season of any team, I think, in 2022. They ran the table. They only lost two games, which when you think about playing 53 softball games and only losing two, it's pretty incredible. And their coach, Patty Gasso, loves Jesus. Their team, I don't want to say all of them because that's not fair, but I know the majority of them, including their superstars, all follow Christ. And there was this mm -hmm. wonderful moment after they had won another Women's College World Series, back-to-back, -back, by the way, and they're going for a third this year in 23 coming up. And it wouldn't surprise me if they won again. But there was this moment after they won. And, you know, when you're on the field and a team wins a championship, the typical song that's played is We Are the Champions, right? You hear that everywhere. Well, guess what song was playing for Oklahoma softball team on the field in Oklahoma City when they won the championship? It's a song called Nobody But Jesus by Casting Crowns. Mm. They actually requested that. And said, listen, after we, if we win the championship, we want that song played. And there's this video that we showed on our social media of the, of the players out on the field celebrating a championship and singing, nobody but Jesus. It was amazing to see. So Oklahoma softball for me is definitely one of my favorite stories of the year. Do you think that um, Casting Crowns like, knows that story? I think wouldn't they, it be I, fun if you like yeah. showed up with them for the Oklahoma women's softball team somewhere sometime? I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. They do know the story only because they shared it on their social media pages. But again, I don't know if that means the band knows it. I just means whoever's, you know, hitting send on their social media pages saw it and shared it. But I hope they know that because I think that's you know, that's a, a story right, your, a whole nother level of the story. Here's yeah. your opportunity. March thirty first. 2023 casting crowns is playing in Enid, Oklahoma. Oh boy. So okay. I don't know how close Enid, Oklahoma is to wherever the university of Oklahoma is, but there you go. 
I don't know. They're in Norman. I know, and I know in go. March Geography. they're playing softball at that time, but maybe there's a way to make it work. That would be amazing. Ju- uh, right? Yes. I feel like I feel like this is why I'm in the world to just you know make these <laughs> make these connections happen. Herman, you're giving me headlines. Pe- you're giving me ideas. You're connecting like. bands to softball. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, and you know, I don't know if there's a if there's any sort of religious story behind the pimento cheese sandwiches at the Masters, but if you could work that in this year, you know, then I'd yeah. feel like the everything was right in the world. Yeah, let me try to do some research on that. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. That's a big thing in Augusta. Um, all yes. right, so um, blessings upon you as you do what you do every day. Is there something when you look forward to 2023? I mean, we've talked a little bit about a couple of things that you know you're forecasting, but is there something in 2023 like we should be maybe thinking about or aware of in terms of hey, I could anticipate this being um, a storyline that as a Christian, you know, I could be following in the sports world. You know, I always think of like, what's the the most, you know, um, upcoming story that people will be watching. And I think it's the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl this year is in Phoenix and, you know, Sports Spectrum will be down there and we're always looking for stories and somehow God always provides every single year with players and coaches on the each team that will be there. And I don't know who's going to be there. A lot of people think Philadelphia, San Francisco, I know Buffalo has a ton of players, the Buffalo Bills, who are faith-filled. Their coach is a, a Christian. Kansas City Chiefs, year in and year out, are right there. So I'm excited about who's going to be in the Super Bowl and then those stories, those God stories that pop up that we're kind of not sure about or not don't see coming. And then all of a sudden, here they are, and they give us a chance to highlight those players that otherwise wouldn't be highlighted because of the faith, the fact that they're you know faith filled and love Jesus, so that's always the one that stands out to me is the Super Bowl. It's you know kind of the start of the year. I think it's February 11th or 12th this year is the Super Bowl, and that's always something that I'm keeping an eye on and getting ready for. All right, well, I have one for you as well. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently, in North Texas, um, they're making way for cricket. They're building giant cricket stadiums. And this oh. is going to be the new wave of things. So there you go. North Texas is going to be the new home, home base for the American expression of cricket. Cricket. Okay. I, well, I let's, let's see I, if we can I find a faith-filled like, story in that. <laughs> I just feel like I'm here to provide. You are giving me all sorts of information this morning. This, this is a is, good Monday, Carmen. It's a good this Monday. This is a good Monday. It's a good Monday. Hey, we love talking <laughs> with you. Thank you so much. Blessings on you and your family. Um, give the Sports Spectrum crew um, our greetings, and we look forward to connecting with you in the new year. We will. Thanks for so, thanks so much for having me, and Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas. That's Jason Romano. You can find him at sportsspectrum.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, or maybe for you, it's not. Take a deep breath. That's okay, too. Um, We're going to be praying for each other, for those who are experiencing this as not the most wonderful time of the year for one reason or another, and rejoicing with those for whom this is the most wonderful time of the year. So um, I get it. I get both of those senses in the midst of the Christmas season. So just know that I'm with you. Thank you so much for including me in your day today. Um, If you haven't already, visit us at 
MyFaithRadio.com. Follow us on social media. Download the app. All the good things. All the good things. Um, your gift to me this Christmas would be sharing the show with someone else. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to give me a gift this year, it would be the gift of sharing the show with someone else. Could you be a missionary of this ministry in that way? That would be awesome. Thank you so much for each and every person who gives on a regular basis so faithfully to this to this uh, listener-supported ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't say thank you often enough. We couldn't do what we do without you, and we wouldn't want to. So thank you. If you um, have not yet given a year-end gift to My Faith Radio, uh, it's a good day to do that as well. There's an opportunity for you to give wherever you listen. So um, again, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, all the good things. We're going to have a great week together um, this week and next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.